Grab your hiking shoes and your backpack and come out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. I wouldn't call it a huge controversy, but there is some dispute over which park was actually the first Texas State Park. The first official Texas State Park, there is no doubt that that's going to be Mother Neff. Pat Neff named this land after his mom. And Pat Neff used to be governor of Texas. He was the president of Baylor. And he was also member of the State Parks Board. And that was from 1933 to 1939. Part of the work that he did was, you know, squeaky wheeled his way to get the CCC, the Civilian Conservation Corps, um, to be brought down to this part of Texas to work on this state park. So Company 817 worked at Mother Neff from 1934 to 1938. And, you know, the CCC was a New Deal program from FDR that put a bunch of people to work, a bunch of young men to work, and build the park system up so people could enjoy. So stay tuned and learn more about the official, unofficial first state park of Texas, Mother Neff, State Park. And in the second segment, learn about the things that I like to collect to remember my visits and my experiences out on the trail. Because I'm curious as to know what you all collect out on the trail. So thanks for listening. This is the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you listened to last week's episode, I was talking about some yummy barbecue that we had in Waco, Texas. And the park that we were at was what some would say the first state park. But if you look into it, even the CCC site says that it wasn't actually the first one, but it was definitely the first official one. I don't know what that means. I'm not here to cause any more controversy. But Mother Neff is definitely one of the original Texas state parks. And I really liked it. It isn't very big, but what it lacks in square footage, it really makes up 
and the history and the sites and there was things to do for all of us in my family and uh yeah i really liked it it was not too far from where i live it was about an hour and a half away um it's really it's technically in moody texas i guess if you want to want to get all geological it was half an hour south of Waco, so kind of picture that on the map. We, we, like I said in last week's episode, we, we went into Waco to get some, some lunch and drive around. And so if you're in the Waco area or temple or just that vicinity, I definitely recommend checking out Mother Nev State Park. There is hiking, there is a little bit of camping, there is some great history, and there is the Leon River that is right next to the state park. Unfortunately, some years back, they had some really bad rain, and Leon River flooded. No bueno. And so there is a section of Mother Neff that is closed. It is I guess where some of the original CCC structures were at, but it's not it's not where like the main things to the main points of interest are at the park. And the buildings can be seen from the entry. It's blocked off, but there are some structures that you can see from the road. I posted a picture from the entry that has the historical marker and if you go follow me on the instagram it's this cool app where you can (laughs) take pictures y'all know what instagram is um it's my account is d-a-n-o-l-a-u-r-e-l so dano laurel it's my uh nickname from a long time ago and i've had that account for a long time but have recently revitalized it to be more outdoorsy um but yeah you can go to the old entrance and check out some of the buildings from the gate i was really tempted to uh go through the barriers because it it wasn't it wasn't like barbed wire like if you wanted to be a little rowdy, you could have run up to one of the buildings and taken a picture, but we don't want to do that. We want to be respectful of the closed off areas. So so that's that. They're, they're, the main entrance that you use now is a really pretty new building, the new headquarters that's there. Uh, inside is really spacious. There is a little bit of CCC history. If you've not listened to any of my other episodes or checked out my website, CCC is the Civilian Conservation Corps, uh, created as a New Deal program by FDR. It put young men to work to help establish the park system in the United States, etc., etc. Mother Neff is named after the former governor of Texas, Pat Neff. He named it after his mom. I mean, his parents donated the land, technically, 
and uh, he named the state park once the state park system was more established he named that after his mother which is really nice i wish i could do something that um fantastic for my mom for mother's day i don't have any land lying around unfortunately um but yeah mother neff state park has five points of interest the last time we visited we did one two three of them i'm looking at the map sorry um, the points of interest, according to the map provided by the Texas State Park, Texas Parks and Wildlife, there's a prairie pond, there is the CCC Rock Tower, there is a CCC Table, there's the Tonkawa Cave, and then there's a Wash Pond. And then as far as hiking goes, there are technically six trails that you can hike at Mother Neff State Park. The headquarters, like I said, is a new building, but that doesn't really take away uh, from the the history that you're going to see at this state park. I think for me, the thing that I would recommend the most is the fourth point of interest, and that's the Tonkawa Cave. You see rock shelters at a lot of the texas state parks i see them at mckinney falls state park you see them at lost maples that one's a little bit different because it was actually a cave that got kind of washed out you see uh similar rock structures um all throughout the hill country i feel like and limestone is a big mineral that you see a lot of but uh, the Tonkawa Cave says, imagine what life was like for the Tonkawa people who lived in this rock shelter over 200 years ago. When you get there, there is some, uh, there's a little kind of info, info kiosk um, to give you some more information, but it's really neat. It's not a huge space. You do drive to... So the parking spaces at Mother Neff State Park, once you kind of go to um, the other end of the state park where most of this stuff is, it's going to be kind of southwest of the park. That's where the majority of the points of interest are going to be. And there's a parking spot right above the cave, um, and it's the cave trail it's only 0.2 miles, and it's it's really a connector tra- trail um, to the bigger trail, which is the Tower Trail, but I'm not going to jump ahead. The Cave Trail has the CCC table at it as well, and you're going to get some of the kind of the creek, what they're going to call the Wash Pond, that kind of flows through the state park yeah, I liked it. It it wasn't too hardcore. There there was the trees, there was the water, it was really green. It was a nice kind of a gray day. The trails are really well maintained. We went on a Sunday and you know, I, I'm not going to lie, when we went out there, I was like, "Oh, this park's kind of out there. No one's really going to be here today." And it turns out that just happened to be a day where a lot of people wanted to be out in nature. So, yay. Uh, it was a good Sunday, fun day, family day. There 
are plenty of parking spaces, but I feel like in the summer when the the peak is up, um, the parking spaces like the one we parked at that's right above the cave trail, they they aren't very big spaces, so you have to be mindful for that. And and if not, you're gonna have to walk a little bit. But the the trail system is really all connected, so you can park pretty much anywhere and kind of get to the trails that you want to that you want to visit. So the Tonkawa Cave point of interest there there wasn't any water flowing, but it looked like there were some some areas where the rocks were that it, it looked like when when there was heavy rain that the water would flow through that part. So nothing as majestic as I I guess like monkey face at Lost Maples is or some of the rock walls at Lake Mineral Wells, but definitely neat to kind of learn about the original inhabitants of the area and just kind of play around on the rocks above it and 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 spend some time there. But you're going to go through there on your way to the Tower Trail. And on your way to Tower Trail, you're going to go to the ccc table and that's really just kind of a a cement bench just on the trail uh, right below one of the other parking areas and the there's really nothing to it there's no um, historical signage or anything it's just a bench and unfortunately right now there are a lot of uh people that have taken it upon themselves to inscribe love notes to their partner or let the world know that they were there by inscribing their initials into the concrete which is i guess just an unfortunate side effect of history that's not blocked off it's like you know we shouldn't really have to put barriers around all this stuff just for people not to mess with it but not everyone appreciates it in the same way that I do or other people do that really respect that history, but it's there. It's a pretty big bench too. And I imagine that they built it as a picnic table for, for guests or, you know, people that were helping to build the park in that time frame. were using it to enjoy a, a snack and uh, yeah, it's pretty neat. So you're going to pass the bench and you're going to get to kind of one of the more remarkable uh, CCC built points of interest. And that's going to be the CCC Rock Tower. It's a stone tower that has this curved uh, staircase around it. And you're going to go up and you're going to have some pretty magnificent views of the hill country. Very similar to my experience at. Longhorn Cavern State Park. There was a, a a tower there that had some pretty magnificent views. This is a little bit, well, it's a lot smaller than that tower. This is definitely just uh, something that was more storage. There's a, what looks like a manhole cover on the top of this tower. And just below the rock tower is a cabin type space that you can rent out for special events and whatnot. So that's right there too. And you can Go through the fence and check out that building if if you're close by and you want to have a very special birthday party or have some kind of wedding ceremony or whatnot. But there there is a, a facility there that people can rent. 
So spend some time at the tower. It it's it's a neat building because you kind of just walk up to it. I was just at McKinney Falls State Park, just outside of or inside of Austin, and seeing Thomas McKinney's uh, the McKinney family's home front. You're walking on the trail, and all of a sudden, oop, there it is. And uh, so that's always fun whenever you you see stuff like that, kind of in the middle of hiking and and not something that your trail starts off with that a little landmark uh the tower trail is almost a mile it's 0.6 miles and you're going to go through the lush the trees you're going to see a bunch of different uh wildlife markers that indicate the different kinds of plants and trees that you're going to see along this trail very informative my daughter enjoyed learning about some of the different plants when I post the video for Mother Neff State Park that is going to be posting soon, you can look for those on YouTube. I'll have the link up in this uh, podcast episode description. Uh, you can hear my wife and my daughter in one clip talking in the background about just one of the trees that we're seeing. So really neat because it's not super hard of a hike. You're not going to need your trekking poles. You're not going to need a, a full backpack filled with water and snacks. Just take kind of a, a, a bottle uh, to get through some of these trails. Um, you can spend more time looking around and, and not worrying about the time and how long the trail is. You can really slow it down and enjoy nature. Stop. You can stop and smell the nature. <laughs> I was trying really hard not to use that cliche, but it really helped knowing that I wasn't in a hurry, that we had plenty of time to kind of walk around and just enjoy the view. So the Tower Trail is going to loop to a campsite. They they do have full hookup camping now. I was reading into it, and I guess at one point they didn't. So that was something that they included. I guess people had been wanting to stay there. So it's 20, 20 different um campsites and it when we were there it looked like it was mostly being utilized by RV campers but they have a restroom at this site so if you're hiking and you go counterclockwise on this loop circle you can stop there and use the uh, restroom if it's a particularly hot day um they have showers in that restroom so that's good too I'm looking. There are some primitive campsites as well, it looks like. So there are only RV campsites. At one point, there was primitive campsites, but that area has since been closed off because of the flooding. They are, uh, they do advertise in the headquarters that they really need volunteers to help clean up kind of the flood damage. So, like I said, if you're in the area, reach out to them. I'm sure they would love to have uh, some help to clean that up. So after the Tower Trail, we decided to do the Wash Pond Trail. So the Wash Pond Trail is another uh, CCC-built point of interest. But really what's going to happen is you're going to walk, you're going to see the creek area. I guess that looks like a dry creek bed. And then you're going to come up to the Wash Pond. And the CCC workers kind of expanded the dam that was there to make it a little bit larger to slow down the water a little bit more when it rains 
um, or if it comes off of the um, Leon River, uh, the the damage was done because the Leon River flooded, not because the, the the creeks that were there um, went over. But I, I can only imagine that was the original use of the uh, the dam that they built. So it was pretty neat. When we checked in, I had asked, and it was like, "Hey, we've never been here. What what what's a definite?" And I told her my interest in the CCC stuff, and she said, "Well, go check out the wash pond for sure, because normally there isn't water in it, but." We were there after some recent rains and there was water. And so, and when we were there, there were families with their dogs and it was kind of funny. They, one of the families had a black lab that saw it and just couldn't resist jumping in the water. So if, if that was you and you listen to this podcast, let me know, um, that, that, that was y'all. Cause that'd be kind of neat. Uh, but yeah, the dog jumped in and kind of splashed around and then got out and then another dog showed up. And so they kind of did doggy introductory stuff. And then that black lab jumped in the water again. So it was harmless. It was fine. Everyone got a, got a good kick out of it. Um, the, the wash pond was, was neat. The the stonework was uh, underwater, so you you didn't notice it as much. But you can definitely tell it was there because it was stopping some of the water from coming over the edge. So definitely something to check out on the trail. And there are some seating areas there. There's a couple benches around the wash pond, so it's a good part to stop if you're going in that direction that I was going in. In between the Wash Pond Trail and the Tower Trail, there is a bluff trail that's going to cut across, and that's going to be at 0.4 miles. We didn't do that because we had decided that we were going to go have lunch close by, so hopefully I get to go back at some point and check out that bluff trail. I mean, I can't imagine it's going to be any different. There aren't any points of interest. It's just going to have the same kind of scenic presentation that the rest of the park had one thing that we did want to do after the hike that we saw when we were driving was there was a playground but then there was this fun nature playscape then the whole thing with this nature playscape is that it utilized some of the natural resources so a lot of the things that you could play on were just made out of wood or i'll rephrase it was wood so two of the things that you can play on where there's like these huge wooden logs. And then another one was some wooden kind of thicker, you know, two inch, three inch branches that you could kind of tap on to make different musical notes and stuff like that. So it wasn't a traditional playground, which they did have, but my daughter didn't really have any interest in. Um, so we hung out there for a little bit and she got to play to kind of get some of that last bit of energy out while we got to do some research on lunch so yeah there there isn't a whole lot to do here there is some wildlife viewing there is a bird blind that's here too so for all the birders that listen just know that you can do that there's some history with the Tonkawa cave there's some history with the ccc structures that are still alive there's some history with the park itself just being one of the first you know, I'll say the first official state park. Y'all can kind of deal with that in the comments. But it's important to support these types of parks that have had a little bit of some unfortunate times because 
it's kind of like the uh, the food delivery box that has food that's less than perfect, I think is what it's called. <laughs> so like people can subscribe to fruits and vegetables that I guess grocery stores won't put out because they have dents or discoloration. And I feel that's the same way with some of these state parks. You know, they are important to still visit because they they offer a lot of value in terms of the hiking and the history and, and you know, you support them all the same and and don't neglect them just because a section is closed. I mean, they'll tell you if they can't accommodate. You know, not everyone needs to go to Colorado Bend and Lost Maples all the time. There are all these other great state parks like this one, like Palmetto State Park, like Lockhart State Park that still offer something that's really interesting to check out. So don't neglect some of these smaller parks just because you think, oh, they're tiny. What are they going to offer? They offer a lot, I feel. And we definitely got a lot out of this trip, if not just for the driving into the park, but the park itself. And we got to see some of the original aspects of the park, too, on accident when we parked in front of the original gate. So get out to your local state parks. Don't just go to all of the big name popular ones because you know right now they're getting pretty booked too and who wants to deal with waiting in lines just to enjoy some nature so thanks for listening to my visit recap of mother neff state park i think part of my kind of obsessive personality um like my, my addictive personality i think one of the things that I'm learning is that I've been a collector of things pretty much all my life. When I was younger and older, I collected baseball cards. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't go so far as call it hoarding because I definitely get rid of stuff when I'm kind of over it, when I'm over the feeling. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that I have around me that I have collected over the years that I feel like I like to hold on to because it makes me remember specific moments or whatnot. I have a lot of sports memorabilia from different games and whatnot. But one of the things that I noticed is when it comes to spending times outdoors, there's a handful of things as I'm looking at my desk. It's all organized, but I'm, I'm chuckling to myself as I'm picking out stacks of different things that I've collected. So one of the things is I keep all of the trail maps, which has served a good purpose because I'm, I use a lot of those trail maps when I, when I'm speaking uh, about a specific park on this podcast. So that has definitely come in in handy because Pulling up the maps on the websites it isn't as helpful. I'd rather hold it so I can look at it because while I, I I do a general bullet point for each park, it's good to have it in front of me just in case there's something specifically that I wasn't thinking about at the time when I was planning the episode. So that's one thing. I definitely like to hold on to all of the park maps and all of the park trail maps. And that's kind of unintentional that just serves as like a reference thing but one of the things that i started collecting was the pins 
the lapel pins that most of the parks, state parks and national parks, not just in Texas, but in general. I started collecting those since pretty much the very beginning. Um, And so that was kind of how it started. And I keep most of them on my backpack, uh, my daily backpack. I'm, I'm realizing really quickly that I don't have one, I don't have enough room for all of them. And two, now that I'm using this backpack a little bit more, I use it for work. I use it for when I go fishing and I use it for my smaller day hikes. And originally that's why I bought this specific backpack. It's a Patagonia Refugio 28 liter and blue and orange. And, um, I love it. It it served its purpose. This is the backpack that I had the first time I went to Pernal State Park and realized that I didn't have the proper backpack for the amount of water and gear that I needed. So that's when this one retired for my longer hikes, but I still use it. Back to the point. I, uh, just can't really utilize it for all of the pins and I wanted to use it as a way to showcase the parks that I've been to deep down so other people can see it and talk to me about the parks that I've been to even though that's kind of the last thing I really want to do that's kind of the the weird thing about some of the personality traits that I have or that other people may have is like I I I have them on my backpack but so people can see them, but I don't really want to talk to anybody about them. So it's kind of a, a funny thing. So if that, that's you, you can just kind of silent high five me, I guess, while you're listening. But I have since collected a lot more pins that aren't going to fit. And the other day I had a pin that just kind of popped off and it broke and I was really upset about that. And I was like, you know what? I really need to find a better place for these things. Um, Pins are something that I I like, and that's just for me to kind of celebrate the place that I've been to. The most recent pin that I've gotten was from Mother Neff State Park. And Mother Neff State Park's lapel pin features the stonework water tower that was built by the CCC. And it on the back, it talks about Company 817 that was assigned to this state park and how they worked on it around the 20s and 30s and kind of helped build some of the other facilities, uh, which you'll hear about later on or beginning of this episode, depending on where I put it. And then before that, a previous week's uh, to go into Mother Neff, I got the Longhorn Cavern State Park. Longhorn Cavern State Park also has a little bit of the CCC info on the back of the card. Um, Sorry, you can hear the wrinkling while I'm holding it in my hand. The thing I noticed about the Longhorn Cavern uh, memorabilia is that their imagery is pretty consistent. It's the same picture on the pin as the sticker, as all the t-shirts. And there's been some pins that I've had to replace... The first pin that I actually lost and didn't just fall off in front of me, I I completely lost it, was Bastrop State Park, another CCC park. Man, I'm just randomly pulling these pins and they're all CCC parks. But Bastrop State Park, the pin was originally an enamel pin, featured trees, and it had a heart in front. And I was really sad to lose that one. 
and a little bit more upset when I went back to Bastrop State Park to film my last video and they didn't have it anymore. And I asked the ranger at the desk, like, hey, um, where's the other pin? And she's like, well, um, every once in a while they cycle them out. So then my my collector in me, who also because of, I guess, sports memorabilia or whatever, just kind of got fascinated about things that expire and have a shelf life and then in my head become more rare or valuable. I guess that's probably it. And was curious as to if any of the other state parks have pins that have been, um, kind of come to the end of their life, but I've been to a few of these parks multiple times and I haven't really seen any updates, but Bastrop state park went from the lost pines with a heart in front to an armadillo with the Texas flag on its side and underneath it just says Bastrop State Park. So when I think of Bastrop, I don't really think of armadillos so much. So I didn't, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't really love this pin. Um, one of the pins that I love the most that isn't on my backpack is the one that I got at Lost Maple State Park. That one is a little bit bigger than some of the other ones too. And it has the maple leaves and green and like a rust and a yellow. And then it says lost maples underneath. It's really, really pretty. I wasn't really planning on going through all of these, but some of these are just too cool to pass up. Inks Lake has a really neat park. They have one and some of the state parks have multiple pins doing, uh, featuring some of the special, sites and inks lake state park i got one and its feature is devil's water hole and that was where i uh my family and i spent the most time while we were there because it was the most interesting place that we thought on the map that we had to visit uh lbj state park and historic site this one's really cute it's lbj and ladybird you've seen the picture where they're just kind of walking through the wildflowers but it's done in enamel form so, yeah, so the enamel pins are things that I really feel like I it's a must-have. When Every time I go to a park, the first thing I do is figure out if it's at the headquarters or at I guess, just like a community or uh, a visitor center and find state parks. But every once in a while, you find a state park that doesn't want to play along. And when my dad and I visited Palo Duro Canyon State Park up there in North Texas, so they have the headquarters, but then they have a third party run guest center, I guess. It's like a gift shop. They have the little kind of, I don't even want to call it a food court, just like a snack bar. There you go, snack bar. And I got there and I'm looking around. It's like, oh, T-shirts and keychains and hats. And I asked the uh, the young lady who was at the register, like, hey, where do y'all have your enamel pins? And she didn't know what I was talking about. And I, I, I was, had been on the road. We had been on the road a little bit and I was a little tired and we had hiked and we hadn't eaten lunch yet. And I was a little snappy. Just was like, yeah, you know, all, you know, all the 
being a little, yeah, now that I'm saying it out loud, I was kind of a pest, but I was like, you know, all the state parks typically have these enamel lapel pins uh, that feature some of the, the sites or the logo of the state park. She's like, yeah, we don't have that. We're a third party operation. I was like, cool. No big deal. I was like, do you have any kind of pins? And she pointed me to a little rack that had what these tag is calling a souvenir hat tag. So it has the little pin with the pin backing, but it's super small, probably about as big as my, well, middle finger thumb. More like my thumb, about the same size as my thumbnail. Really tiny. You can barely make out the words and just the picture itself. It's like glued to this kind of metal. Needless to say, that didn't go on my backpack. <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to sound like a snob about a lapel pin, but I was really disappointed. I wanted to be consistent, and I, um, yeah, I was a little bummed that I couldn't keep that going. But I got a pin, and the memory of that trip is definitely more important, so... That being said, stickers are another big thing. And I've just, I don't know. I've been collecting stickers since I was really little. And I don't display them. That's kind of the weird thing is I just have a big bag of stickers. And anytime I get a new one, I'm like, sweet. And then I put my uh, sticker in the bag. And then like twice a year, I get bored because there's nothing on TV or I just have nothing else, other work to do. And I'll grab the bag and I'll sit in the living room and display them all out on the dining room or the living room coffee table and just kind of chuckle about all the different because it they they reflect on different segments of my life at any given time so if you look at stickers i had in high school it's a lot of music stickers high school kind of in my first couple years of college and even with that it's a blend of like techno bands in high school to like punk rock bands and and various things from just different shows that I've been to and then there's clothing brands from different stores that I used to work at and then um in 2014 when I had the food the Texas Brew and Barbecue site going in full swing I have a bunch of breweries and a bunch of barbecue restaurant stickers and then now I have a bunch of kind of outdoor lifestyle brand stickers. And there are definitely brands that I like more than other ones. And I am the guy that puts those stickers on my vehicle on the driver side back window because I don't have any way to look out of that window anyway. So it doesn't matter if it's covered or not. And I think that's... I don't I don't know why I do that really. I just like to see that. I like to have personal personalization on my vehicle. I've uh, I don't put them on my actual car. I just put them on the glass because putting them on the car, I mean that's like it's a lot more difficult to take off whenever you if the sticker goes old or whatnot. But I do put stickers on my car and then on my back window I have some of my favorite parks right now it's just the national park so i have guadalupe mountains and rocky mountain national park on my back window 
and yeah, I, I, I like to collect the stickers. I like to collect the lapel pins. And I think it's just a good way to remember that experience. And, and, you know, I think when you're going to a lot of different places over the years, you want to make sure you, like, I don't journal. I don't, I don't write stuff like that down. So this is a way for me to have kind of a log of, of where I've been and, and, and that memory that I shared. And I, I definitely remember if I was there by myself or with my family or, with a friend, but I'm also curious as to if any of y'all listening are collectors, there's a bunch of other things that people can collect while they're traveling. And I think patches is another thing. Uh, walking stick, uh, medallions are huge. Uh, cycling bicycle medallions are a big deal. And then, you know, postcards and posters. That was one of the cool things about Longhorn Cavern State Park is they had these really cool retro style posters that you see a lot of the national parks. And so I had to pick up one of those, even though I'm looking at it right now, still rolled up by my feetsies. But yeah, do y'all collect? What do y'all collect? Is there anything that you do to remember the state park or just wherever you've been to to remember that visit? If so, let me know. I'm going to post this episode on the Facebook page. That's just the Texas Trailhead on Facebook. If you're a collector of campsites or anything that has to do with the outdoors, let me know. I'd love to share stories and see what places you are fondly remember and kind of just things that you have and if you display them in a certain way, and if we can all get together and on the interwebs and kind of share our favorite stickers and maybe do like a sticker swap, I'd be totally interested in that because I love stickers, like I said. So, yeah, that's that's my segment for outdoor collecting. So let me know what you think. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead.